Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hold the Line. My name's Joe, and I'm a British force-free gun dog trainer. You can check out my online courses at forcefreegundog.com. The newest course is called Training the T Drill. You can also pick up a copy of my book called Force Free Gun Dog Training: The Fundamentals for Success, which is available on Amazon's everywhere around the world. There's also an accompanying workbook to record your training sessions in. I'm currently working on a sequel to Force Free Gun Dog Training. And I hope it's going to be out maybe in about six months. We'll see. That's all for now. Let's get on with the show. Train your gun dog without force or fear. Motivate and educate. Hold the line is here. Invention, repetition, generalization, motivation. Hold the line. Oh, yeah. Hello, I am Joe Lawler, and welcome to Hold the Line, the podcast for force free gun dog training. Hold the Line is committed to helping you train your dog to an advanced level using motivational methods and without the use of fear or pain. Thank you for tuning in and please make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hold the Line. Whoa, it's a bit hot out there. Um, actually, for most of the world, it's probably not actually hot what we're experiencing in the UK at the moment. Um, by the way, I should just clarify and say that Jersey is not part of the UK. Just I should just say that in case there is anyone listening from Jersey. I know that it's not part of the UK, but I also know that most of the rest of the world doesn't know that. And so for simplicity's sake, I occasionally refer to us, Jersey, as being in the UK, just because it's just a bit easier. Anyway, um, yes, it's quite hot for us. Um, and I find it really hard with the dogs because it's just too hot during the day to exercise them. And then I work in the evenings. And so I can't really get to take them out in the cool evenings. Um, so I'm finding it a little bit difficult. I guess I just have to get up earlier. So when it's cool in the mornings, um, obviously Moy is also hopefully fingers crossed pregnant. Um, and so I'm having to be a bit careful about where I exercise her and that limits things even more. So yeah, it's just a bit difficult at the moment to keep everyone mentally stimulated and physically exercised. So yeah, Moy came into what well, went into diestrus um, on Thursday, I think last week. And if I've done all this properly, which is quite a big if in terms of the cytology, um, it means that the puppies, if there are any, will be due around the 30th of August, plus or minus 24 hours. So that's quite an exciting thing to look forward to. Um on another note, um, Gray is going back to the vets tomorrow for a sort of a checkup and probably to have another physical exam and to have some bloods drawn and potentially to be sedated to have a finely aspirate on this tumour, which I talked about a bit last week. So, yeah, I don't think I've quite fully processed that yet um, because she's so happy and lively and full of herself in normal Gray way that it's quite difficult to think of her as not having much longer left with us. Um, anyway, let's not think about that too much because I'll get very sad. So there are a couple of things I wanted to say. So today I'm going to talk a bit more about the clicker retrieve. Um, I just kind of want to get all these clicker retrieve episodes quite close together. So if anyone is wondering how to do the clicker retrieve, they don't have to look through like five seasons of podcasts to pull out here and there the episodes about it, but they can kind of find it all roughly within the same sort of area of, of the episode list. Um, so it's kind of nice for people to reference back to. So um, 
going to do another bit on the click retrieve today. Um, before I get into that, though, I wanted to just say that I have a YouTube channel, which I've kind of neglected a little bit until now. But I suddenly realized that the videos are going to help you guys understand things with the sort of depth which kind of words in a podcast can't quite provide. Um, so I have actually gone into my YouTube channel and I've made a lot of videos about the clicker retrieve, but also about more advanced retriever handling drills. I've made a lot of these videos which were previously unlisted or private. I've made them public. And I've also made two playlists. So I've made one playlist on the clicker retrieve and it shows you all the various stages of the clicker retrieve from, you know, just the dog looking at the object or approaching the object right through to generalizing your pickups. And I've made another playlist which has got a lot of retriever drills in it. So from, you know, starting out with three-handed casting with a little puppy, um, I think I cover the T-drill. There's quite a few three-handed casting videos actually, the T-drill. Um, and the trying to remember all of them. Walking baseball is quite lengthy. The walking baseball um, video, but people get quite confused with what it is about and what they're supposed to be doing and what the various I don't know moves of it are. So I've kind of included it all. Um, then there is the three in a row drill, the W drill. Basically, lots of American retriever drills because I'm quite into taking American retriever drills, which are conventionally used um trained with force and training them in a force-free way so if you're interested in checking some of that material out you want to check out my youtube channel um and also if you're doing the clicker retrieve then you definitely want to sort of go have a look at my clicker retrieve playlist channel so if you go to youtube it's just youtube.com forward slash dogworks org uk so that's d-o-g-w-o-r-k-s-o-r-g-u-k so yeah, youtube.com forward slash dogworksorguk. Um, and you should be able to get the playlist up from my page there. So I've kind of neglected YouTube, as I said before, but I think I'm going to start to put more and more material on there. So do go and check that out. Hold the line. Okay, so it's phase four of the clicker retrieve, and this is the hand target. Now, hand target is a nice little easy interlude as it were in the clicker retrieve which most people don't have any problems with it is there are a few things to point out so sometimes it's a bit you know we all know what a simple basic hand target is that you put your hand out with your palm flat um, and the dog comes up and their nose touches the palm of your hand and you will click as soon as the dog's nose touches your hand and you'll throw a treat so basically that's the basic hand touch now when we do the clicker retrieve a lot of people have already done a hand touch for some other purpose previously it's just something they might have been taught in um, another training class or they might have taught their dog themselves from a book or it's just something which a lot of dogs have already done in some way now it's important to make sure you're doing the hand target in the way that we need you to be doing it which may not be the way that you've previously been doing it it's not going to involve a great deal of effort to change it but it is important that we just tweak it in these little ways just to ensure that your dog is doing it the way that we need them to do it So before we get on to how to actually train the hand target, I just need to say that the hand target is part of the delivery. So eventually, at this point, when we teach the hand target, the dog's not got anything in their mouth, but eventually the dog is going to be holding the dummy and they're going to be targeting your hand whilst holding the dummy. This is really useful because it gives the dog something to aim for. So rather than the dog just aiming generally for your whole vague general person, they're actually 
are aiming for a specific part of your body, specific location. And so that gives them confidence and surety about where they're aiming for and what they're actually doing rather than just approaching you and then just not quite knowing what to do once they've got into the vicinity of you. So we tend to find the hand touch itself helps a lot with deliveries and getting nice clean deliveries. Um, So the first thing to say is that we want it to be your right hand that the dog is going to deliver the dummy to. Now, if you if there's some sort of physical reason that you can't use your right hand and you need it to be your left hand, then that's absolutely okay. But if, you know, there's absolutely no physical reason why your dog cannot target your right hand, I strongly recommend that you use your right hand. So it's just because that's conventional in the UK that the dog delivers to the right hand. I believe it's got something to do with the way the gun is being held um, with the other hand. So the right hand just ends up being the best hand for the dog to deliver to. So it's kind of going to result in a standing delivery, this. So it's going to result in the dog holding the dummy and running towards your person. And whilst the dog is standing, immediately targeting your hand and delivering the dummy directly to your hand. Now, this is a delivery which is used by almost all handlers, gun dog handlers in the UK. It's the most common delivery um it's seen as the fastest delivery the fastest way for the dog to get that thing into your hand rather than the dog sitting and presenting and you taking it off the dog or the dog sitting at your side all of that seemed to be um just more protracted basically and just taking up more time and being less efficient and so the idea is that the dog does the standing delivery because it's the quickest way of giving you the game now there are other types of delivery that are used in other parts of the world so you know in on continent in continental europe the dog will conventionally sit in front of you often and present the game to you as it were um, in north america often the dog will sit at your side so they'll finish to your side almost while still holding the dummy and then the object the retrieve is taken from the dog while the dog is kind of at your side in heel position um so i know that there are these other ways that the dog can deliver the dummy now i highly recommend that whatever delivery you eventually want to have that you just teach the dog this basic right hand delivery to start with so the other deliveries that involve sitting and presenting things are more complex um you also there are much more criteria to them so the dog has to sit straight if they sit really crooked it's going to look a bit crap um there's so there's issues in terms of um straightness and alignment And the dog also has to hold the item whilst sitting and preferably not to mouth the object and chomp on it and roll it around in the mouth while sitting. So all of this involves um, quite fine training and it's really best just to get your basic retrieve up and running with a delivery to your right hand. And then you've got all the time in the world really to fiddle about with um, the delivery after that and to train the position separately and then to put that into the dog holding the item. And you can you can do all of that afterwards. But in order to get a basic functioning retrieve, I highly recommend that you just do this right hand target. Um, it's not going to confuse the dog. So if you want the dog to, if you're in North America and you want the dog to finish to your left side, you will just put out your left hand at your side Um, as your dog comes into you and if you want the dog to deliver directly to your right hand you just show the dog your right palm Um, so Moy my Labrador has both of these 
types of delivery and she also has a front where she'll come and sit in front as well she has so she has three types of delivery um and they're just on different cues so it's it's not going to confuse your dog at all to start out with this right hand delivery which is what i highly recommend that you do because it's just much simpler and so your dog's going to be much more successful and you are going to be much happier because you're going to have a functioning retrieve sooner than if you fiddled around with all this sitting and presenting stuff or sitting at your side or whatever um all right so how to train the hand target so just to stress again there's no dummy involved in this so put your dummy away somewhere when you're training this bit um and because there's no dummy involved you can actually start training this earlier so if you are you know still on phase one or two you could, there's no reason you can't start training your hand target whilst you're doing all of that material too because there's no dummy involved in this bit of the exercise so um the, what we really want is we want the dog to be targeting us with drive so that means they really want to get back to us and we want them to be fluently doing this so that means that they're really quick to offer us the next behavior so they're not um pootling around after they've done a hand target and then finally deciding that maybe they'll do another one they're like knocking out these reps and they understand really what they're doing and what this is all about so that's the kind of fluency that we really want to make sure that our hand target has and although some of you may have previously trained a hand target and you may think that your dog knows this behavior your dog may well not have this degree of fluency on the behavior and that's what we really need them to have so let's start from the beginning so you are going to um, be standing up for this bit you are going to look at your right hand you're going to lift it right up to your face and you're going to sniff your hand as if you're holding something amazing in it you can even talk to it and pretend to eat out of it so you can go "Mm, what is this what is in my hand and then you're still holding your hand in a kind of cupped way you're going to slowly move your hand down to the side of your right knee so it's kind of level with your right knee at your side you're going to then slowly uncurl your fingers. So what you'll probably notice is as you lower your hand down, your dog is going to approach your hand because they think you've got something tasty in your hand. So what you want to do is slowly uncurl your fingers and you're kind of timing the uncurling of your fingers so that just as your dog arrives at your hand, your hand is, is you know less is not curled anymore. So basically so the dog can reach the palm of your hand. So the reason why you want to do it like this is because if you sniff your hand, talk to your hand, and then just put it down at your side and open it suddenly, the dog thinks that you've whatever was in your hand has been dropped on the floor and they'll start sniffing the floor and they'll start looking for where they think you've dropped a treat. So stress again, slowly uncurl your fingers, level with your knee, time the opening of your fingers for as your dog reaches your hand. So you're going to click the second you feel your dog's nose on your hand. If your dog doesn't actually touch your hand, you're going to just take it away again and just repeat that again. So just again, pretend to eat out of your hand and then slowly re-offer the hand down by your side. Um, Usually if you just do this two or three times, you'll get, you know, you'll start to get a nose touch offered and you'll get something that you can click. Don't, what you don't want to do in any of this is leave your hand out there so that the dog is kind of free to choose to interact with it. So, you know, if your dog doesn't touch it, don't leave it out there for the dog to like, sniff the floor and then come back to and do a touch and or not do a touch um but the hand has to be sort of think of the hand as like a cue so we wouldn't say sit 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 five times before the dog sits we we most of us know that's not good dog training we want one cue and one behavior so it's the same thing with the hand target we want to show the hand target once and we want a behavior from that of the dog touching our hand we do, if the hand target stays out there kind of permanently then it's like a repeated sit cue it's like you know saying touch 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 over and over again um so don't keep it out there put the hand target out there so the dog can then has an opportunity to respond to that 
If the dog doesn't respond to it, withdraw the hand target and sniff it or talk to your hand a bit more and then try it again another time or two. Um, After you've clicked, you're going to throw a treat out on the floor. Now, for the first few reps, while your dog's kind of warming up, you can throw these, you know, just a couple of meters away. But very quickly, as your dog starts to understand this behavior, I want you to throw your treats as far away as you can in your house. So dependent on the size of your room, you're going to throw the treats, you know, the other side of the room. And the reason for that is that we want the dog to start to eat the treat, turn around and see our hand and then head back towards our hand. So this is what the retrieve is going to look like. Think of them when they're at a distance from you and they've picked up the dummy and they're turning to head back to you. This is what they're going to see. They're going to see this picture of you with your hand down by your side. And that's the picture that they need to recognize as meaning head back to me quickly. So... We're going to start to teach them this even now without the dummy. So you're going to throw your treats far away for each rep because it gets the dog to run to a distance to eat the treat. And then you're going to put your hand down by your side. So after your dog's eaten the treat, you're going to put your hand down. They're going to turn around, see that hand down there, and they're going to target your hand again. So just time your sort of hand going down for after they've just turned. So you kind of want them to be starting to look at you before you put the hand down for the next rep. And then they're going to come back and touch your hand again, hopefully. Um... As your dog gets used to this, you can sort of fade out the sniffing and talking to your hand part of things. Obviously, you don't have to do that every single time. So once your dog is starting to get the hang of touching your hand, stop sniffing and talking to it because that looks very silly and you don't want to be doing that, I don't know, in a working test or something. Um, Now, if you get hand licking, we don't really want the dog to lick our hand. A lot of dogs do. So there are some things that you can do to help this. So firstly, make sure that you're not actually holding or delivering the food in the hand that the dog is licking. Because if it smells of food, it's going to encourage the dog to lick it. So you might want to hold your your um, clicker and treats in your other hand so that you can offer down an unfoody hand for the dog to touch. And then you might just, with your sort of thumb and forefinger, want to take a treat from behind your clicker and throw that treat away. So you may have to use that hand, but try not to get food on like the palm of your hand or try not to get it really like foody smelling. Um, So the other thing to say is if you're getting licking is you can angle your fingers back. So if you imagine holding your, your hand flat, like the dog is, you know, targeting it, like it's a flat palm. Now, if you can, with your wrist... Bend your hand back as far as possible at the wrist. Now, if you offer that to the dog to touch at your side, what's going to happen is their nose is going to touch the palm of your hand, but they won't be able to reach your fingers because if they stick their tongue out, it's not going to be able to reach your fingers because they're angled backwards. So when you put your hand down at your side, push your fingers back as far as you can so they can't quite reach your fingers. They won't be able to successfully lick even if they stick the tongue out and usually they'll stop after a bit. So what will happen is you'll be clicking that nose touch and they won't be successfully able to lick anything and the licking will just stop. So that's another little tip for the licking. And my third tip for licking is just click early. So don't actually wait for them to touch your hand. Click when they're about half a foot away from your hand or maybe a bit closer than that, but before they've actually made contact with your hand so that we're clicking the intention of targeting and that way we're avoiding accidentally clicking licking. Clicking licking, that sounds quite funny. Um, So the the reason it's difficult, it's tricky, is because... By the time your brain has processed what your dog what your dog is doing with your hand, whether it's their nose touching it or their tongue touching it, by the time they've processed that, um, you, you've kind of already clicked, basically. So if you're clicking the split second you feel something on your hand, you don't have time to analyze it and 
be thinking, is that a nose or is that a tongue? I'm not sure. Um, or is that, if you by the time you've determined what it is, the dog's no longer doing it and then your click's late. So you just don't have time to be able to analyze what it is. You'll only know what it is after the fact. So if you find that you're getting licking happening, the thing to do is to click early. So you will repeatedly click before the dog is able to make contact with the palm of your hand. Now, after you've done, after you've clicked early, maybe, you know, five, six, seven reps, the eighth rep, you want to just let your dog touch your hand. And what will happen is the dog will not be expecting to touch your hand because five, six or seven reps, they haven't been able to because you've been almost, you've been breaking off at the click. It's that breaking off at the click thing again. Um, So they're not expecting to be able to reach your hand and they won't be thinking about licking it. So that means that when they do reach your hand, you're likely just to get a nice nose touch. So you can then click that. And then what you have to do is kind of, Go backwards and forwards, you might click five times, the dog almost touching your hand, and then once when the dog actually touches it, and then five times the dog almost touches your hand, and then maybe twice when the dog touches it. So you're kind of going backwards and forwards between clicking early and clicking the touch um, as much as you need to to get rid of this licking thing. Okay, folks, it's time for a whistle pause. A whistle pause is when there would usually be an advert from a sponsor. But I don't have a sponsor, so instead I'm going to play you a tune on my trusty Acme 212. Now the tune there is slightly hampered by the fact that the 212 is just one pitch, but I hope you can appreciate the rhythm. Now the reason that we've got this beautiful whistle pause instead of an advert is because I don't get any funding for this podcast or sponsorship. I record it, edit it, upload it myself and I pay for the server. I don't want to get a sponsor because then I have to promote whatever business is sponsoring me and apart from the fact that I think that most dog products are bollocks, I would lose some of the independence and the freedom that I have at the moment to say whatever I want to say about whatever I want to say it about. But if you want to support me, and if you like this podcast, then there are some ways that you can support me, which will also benefit you, I hope. So you can check out the online courses I make, which you can find at forcefreegundog.com. And you can also check out my book, Force Free Gundog Training, and the accompanying workbook for it, which is a planner called The Workbook. You can get both of these from Amazon wherever you live in the world. So I really hope you can support me and check out some of this material. Anyway, that is the end of today's Whistle Pause. Let's get back to the show. So, let's move on. So, um, I think we covered licking. Don't push your hand onto your dog's nose. That's another one that people often do. So you don't want to, like, bop the dog on the nose, where you basically are touching the dog's nose. You want the dog to be doing all the work here. You want the dog to be making the effort to touch your hand. So... The, the good thing to do is actually the opposite. If you almost like, as the dog is approaching your hand, move your hand away slowly from the dog. So the dog has to almost accelerate to catch up with your hand, which is retreating away in front of them. So they have to kind of speed up to make that um, to make that contact with your hand. So, yeah. So another thing to say is this is part of what's going to... Remember we had that problem, um, someone um, phoned in and had a question about how do they get this drive back to them? How do they get the speed enthusiasm in terms of the return on their retrieve? And this is part of it. So it's part of um, this pattern of going out and coming back. So that's what a retrieve is. It's the dog going out to the dummy and then coming back to target your hand. So what we're doing with this hand target is exactly the same thing but without a retrieve. The dog's going out to get the 
treat that you threw for the previous rep and then they're heading back to target your hand and then they're going out to get the treat and they're coming back to target. So this is basically a retrieve without an object. So it's that pattern that we are embedding deeply in the dog's brain and it's going to be really valuable when we put a dummy in a little bit later on. So... When your dog is really good at this behavior, so good meaning fluent, um, then you can start to change where you're holding your hand. So you can hold it to the side a little bit. You can hold it slightly above her so that she has to kind of always jump up a little bit. You can hold it on the other side of you. Um, So you can kind of make it a game, like holding your hand in different places around you to see the dog targeting it. Obviously, you're not going to do this in a retrieve, but it just kind of generalizes the behavior a bit and the concept comes across to the dog better. So... If your dog doesn't touch your hand when you put it out in a new weird position, just withdraw your hand. Remember, don't leave that hand out there untouched. Withdraw the hand and just put it down um, a little bit closer to you, a little bit in a more familiar place where the dog recognises a little bit more and more gradually work towards that weird place where you put it before. So I think that is basically all there is to say about the hand target. So I'm also going to talk today about phase five. So phase five is introducing slight distance and a mini hold. So we're going to sort of start to see um, this looking a little bit more like a retrieve now at this point, which is quite exciting for everyone. I hope you'll agree. So the first thing to stress is that we do not want to click the drop. So remember that at the moment that we click, we want the dummy to be in the dog's mouth because otherwise we're reinforcing it for the dog for dropping if we click when it's out of the dog's mouth. So you want to click... Whatever we're doing, we're going to click when it's in the dog's mouth. So at the moment, the dog believes that picking up the dummy is what earns the click. And we need to help the dog make the transition to believing that holding the dummy earns the click. So that it's not just a pickup, it's like a pickup with duration on it. So that's what creates a hold. And this could be a difficult transition for dogs, really. This is a little hurdle. And the reason for that is because when we don't pay a pickup with an immediate click, the dog thinks that the picking up thing just isn't working anymore because um, you've always clicked in the past when they picked the thing up. So the dog thinks that this must be the wrong behavior, quote unquote, and they give up and they drop the dummy. And so if this happens too many times, eventually the dog get, loses confidence and they just stop playing the training game altogether. Um, so... I mean, really, when training the hold, we are attempting to wait longer so that we can click duration. And meanwhile, the longer that we wait, the dog is at an increasing risk of dropping. So that is the kind of conflict and the struggle that we face at this point of the retrieve. So the risk is that you, by waiting longer, end up clicking in the drop because you wait too long. And like we said last week, um, you know, clicking the drop does not lead to a retrieve. It leads to a dog thinking that they should do weird things with dummy, like chuck it around the room and um, I don't know, whatever, but not retrieve it, basically. So we don't want to click a drop. Um, It's quite difficult to come back from that once the dog believes that that's what is getting clicked. So um, we really want to get our click in before the drop. And that way we are clicking the dummy for being in the dog's mouth. Um, and that's much so it's always better if you're unsure to click a little bit early in this stage of things than to wait too long and be too greedy remember that idea of being a greedy trainer that you want too much for your click so don't be greedy Um, you know keep your criteria infinitesimally um, more than they previously were god this makes me sense i'm not sure Um, you want to increase the criteria because if you don't you won't get anywhere but if you increase it too much too fast too soon it will fall apart and you'll end up clicking a drop So you have to be quite good at splitting, really. So anyway, sometimes, by the way, before I go on and explain exactly what 
what we're going to do. I'll just say sometimes you will make an odd mistake and you will sometimes click a drop. And if you do, you know, if it's if it's only one drop occasionally, that's fine. Please do not get in a mess about it because everyone does click a drop at some time. They just do. And if it's a very occasional thing, it's not going to cause any problems. But what you don't want to do is consistently click drops or consistently click late because then you will create problems at this stage. All right, so this is what you're going to do. You are going to stand up. Yay! So you can get rid of your chair now. You're standing. Um, and you're going to put the dummy on the floor at your feet, just like you did before. However, immediately after you've put the dummy on the floor at your feet, you're going to move yourself two to three meters away from the dummy that you've placed on the floor. So you put the dummy down, you move away from the dummy two to three meters, backwards away from it. Um, as the dog moves towards the dummy to pick it up, you are doing that, pro- you're doing that backing away, basically, to get the distance between yourself and the dummy. The idea is now that we're not standing right next to the dummy, but there's a little bit of distance and that you're going to move to create that distance. So we're not going to throw the dummy to create the distance. You are going to move away from having placed it on the floor. Um, Once you moved away from the dummy, the dog is going to pick it up and automatically turn and begin to head back to you. Um, So you want to click just after one or two steps back towards you. So it's really important. You don't want to wait for the dog to get all the way back to you and the reason for that is this is my little catchphrase stopping goes with dropping guys stopping goes with dropping so um that basically means that when the dog stops moving they're at high risk for dropping so we've all seen the dog that comes back and they drop the dummy at your feet or they spit it out or whatever so when the dog stops moving that's when they're maximally likely to spit the dummy out so We want to click after they've picked it up and taken one or two steps back towards us. So the beautiful picture that we want to be clicking is the dog holding the dummy in their mouth and making a decisive decisive decision. Um, Whatever, you know what I mean. The decision to turn back to us um, and and target us with the dummy. So I'm just going to click that moment as soon as they've picked up the dummy and turned and taken one or two steps. That's our criteria first. so yeah, moving and holding go together and stopping and dropping go together. So don't wait to the point that the dog stops because then you're highly likely to get a drop and you end up clicking that instead by accident. So um, when you click, the dog's going to drop the dummy on the floor, which I know feels really weird if you're used to traditional training when you just never want the dummy to be spat on the floor. But believe me, this is just how this process goes. So you're going to click while the dummy is in the dog's mouth. And then when they hear the click, they will drop it where they are on their way back to you. And you will then, this is the um, important change at this point, you will then deliver the treat at your feet. So no more throwing the treat away from you at this point. Why is that? It's because we want the dog to target us now so once the dog's got the item in their mouth we want them to confidently know that they're heading back towards us and we want to build that if we keep throwing treats away from us at this point we're going to end up with a dog which runs out beautifully picks up the item beautifully and then stands at a distance waiting for us to click and throw a treat somewhere away from us Um, so we're not going to have that return back to us so we're going to make sure from this point on that we always deliver the treat at our feet or on our, you know, near our person, on our person. Um, so eventually we're putting the treat in the dog's mouth, but at this point we're going to put it out of feet. So, um, yeah, so the dog's going to drop the dummy where they are, come to you, eat the treat that you've put on the floor at your feet, 
And you are then going to look at where the dummy is on the floor and reposition yourself so that it's now two or three meters away. So basically, the, the dog will probably have brought the dummy a bit closer to you because they picked up and headed towards you for a, a step or two. So you need to get a bit more distance on the dummy again. So while the dog's eating that treat at your feet from the previous rep, you're just going to move yourself again. So you're still two or three meters away from the dummy and you're ready for the next rep. So that's basically it. That's this phase. Now, as a dog gets more familiar with the exercise, you can delay the click a little bit more. So maybe the dog's taken three steps back to you and you click and deliver the treat at your feet or four steps back to you and you click and deliver the treat at your feet. Um, but don't wait longer than that. You don't want the dog to get all the way back to you. And, you know, because when, when the dog does, they're likely, highly likely to stop and drop, remember. Um, so... You can then at this point increase the distance that you're moving. So if you've been moving two or three meters away from the dummy, try and move a little bit further away from the dummy because that's going to really help the dog begin to get the concept of distance. So if the dog doesn't recognize the exercise when you move further away from the dummy, just walk up to the dummy on the floor. The dog will then notice the dummy and then you can back away back to where you were and let the dog pick it up and begin to reapproach you. So you can also increase drive back towards you by shuffling backwards um, or stepping backwards as the dog is approaching you. That's going to make the dog, you know, it's the, they're going to see you backing away and they're going to want to accelerate into you. Um, and that will also help with the with the duration and the distance on the holding behavior because the dog's so focused on getting to you, they're not thinking about dropping. They're just moving and holding at the same time. And it gives you a little more surety as well. So back away if you want to. Um, remember as well, at the very end of this process, you do not want to let the dog see you pick the dummy up. And if you ever need, you know, if someone comes into the room to talk to you or something, you need to pick the dummy up. So you need to like press pause on things so that the dog is not going to be watching you grab the dummy from the floor. Um, and equally, if your attention is on something else, like looking after a child or talking to someone who's come to ask you a question, you need to pick the dummy up from the floor. So like we always did before, at that point, you will throw a treat away from the dropped dummy and just pick the dummy up, have the conversation you need to have, um, and then you can restart again. But don't let the dog see you pick the dummy up ever. Now, one other little word of warning is that when you see a dog coming back towards you holding a dummy in their mouth, it's going to be very tempting just to take it in your hands, um, particularly if you're coming from a traditional background or you know, you might feel like you have enough of a, this is looking so much like a retrieve now. Let's just forget about the rest of this training process. Let's just take it from the dog's mouth. But please don't do that. Please click while the dog is heading back to you and allow the dummy to fall on the floor when you click. Don't try and take it from their mouth. Um, lots of dogs have residual keep away tendencies. That's a major reason for needing to do the click and retrieve in the first place. And if we start to take things from their mouth at this point, we're just kind of inflaming all of those tendencies. So we don't want to be doing that. Um, and we haven't yet taught the delivery or proof the hold or anything else. So we, we're not quite ready to be, to be doing that yet. So really, we want to just communicate to the dog that we are totally uninterested in possessing the dummy, but we do care what the dog does with the dummy. So yeah, so just a little recap. You are going to put the dummy on the floor at your feet. And as soon as you do that, by this point, the dog is probably going to start to head towards it. As the dog starts to head towards it, you are going to move away two or three meters. So the dog is going to pick the dummy up and they're going to move towards you. You're going to click while they are approaching you, holding the dummy. And when the dog hears the click, they're going to drop the dummy where they are. You are then going to place the treat for that at your feet and then the dog's going to come and eat that while you move away two or three meters from the dummy again for the next rep. 
So you just keep doing that, rep after rep after rep, until you decide you want to finish, at which point you throw a treat away from the dropped dummy and pick the dummy up. And that's that. So those are phases four and five of the click of retrieve, and we're nearly there now. We're nearly kind of, we're nearly there. I think we've got one or two left, but it's it's almost done. So well done if you got to this point. You are really on the way to having an excellent, excellent retrieve. All the line. So just to say again that you probably want to check out my YouTube channel because you'll be able to watch some videos of um, these different phases of the clicker retrieve and it's going to bring it all to life and make it seem, um, well, it's just going to flesh it out a little bit. So go to youtube.com forward slash dogworksorguk. That's D-O-G-W-O-R-K-S-O-R-G-U-K. And you will find a playlist there with some videos of the clicker retrieve process. They were filmed quite a long time ago, I think about something about 10 years ago. Um, so, but they're still, you know, really relevant and it's still the clicker retrieve just as it is. So check that out and you'll find another playlist as well. If you're not so interested in the clicker retrieve or if you're beyond that point of training, um, you'll find another playlist on retriever drills that you can progress through. So do check out the other playlist as well that I have there and maybe I'm just, I'll try to put together some more as well um, so the other thing to say about the Click Retrieve is that of course there is a five week Clicker Retrieve course online that I offer and we've now got lots of you all over the world taking this course which is just brilliant um, and fantastic because kind of spreading the word and in some places you know that there is only force fetch as, as a as a which is seen as a reliable way of training the retrieve so it's really excellent to try to get this method out there so that more people can become aware of it and aware of it as an alternative to um, training their dog using force fetch um, so yeah if you want to sign up for the five-week clicker retrieve course it's 35 pounds for five weeks and you get sent videos and you get sent an email which explains all the different stages to go through and also a handout sheet with the stages written out um, as notes for you to use during the course while you're doing the work. So drop me an email at joe at dogworks.org.uk. That's jo at d-o-g-w-o-r-k-s dot o-r-g dot uk so that you can get onto the course and join us. You can start any week, by the way, so don't worry about having missed any of it. It doesn't matter. You can just start any time. Um, so next week, I am going to be um, interviewing... Well, I've already interviewed him, actually, so um, <laughs> the, the episode is recorded. I'm ready to go out. Um, I'm going to be putting out the episode where I interviewed the lovely Nick Benger. Um, and we talked a bit about engagement because that's one of Nick's... Um, favorite subjects and topics as it were and specialisms really and engagement is a big subject I think for gun dogs because there are lots of people struggling to engage their dogs lots of people faced with dogs that are interested in scent and hunting and not so much in being engaged with them and so I thought this was a really good subject to be talking about um, on a gun dog podcast and we also talked a little bit about how to talk with balanced trainers or um, I guess we'd say traditional trainers. So how to learn from them and how to negotiate the conflict that exists um, between force-free training and traditional training and yet still dip our toes into that world because we need to in order to learn from it and in order to you know um, work our dogs within it really. So um, we had some interesting conversations and I look forward to sharing those with you next week. So that's all for this week, everyone. And I will look forward to you catching up with you again next week. Oh.
Hold the line. 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 Hold the